Well, we're in a series on vision, and we continue today. You know, without a vision, it says people cast off restraint or perish. If you have a discipline problem, you actually have a vision problem. Vision gives you discipline. If I know where I'm going, then I don't take every side road. I'm not detoured by all the distractions that come to all of us, myself included. Why? I'm on a journey. I'm moving towards a goal. A, a professional athlete will give up uh, sleeping late, will give up certain food, will give up being comfortable, will play when he's sore and doesn't feel like it to win a championship or to get a gold medal. You will do what your body doesn't want to do when you want something more than you want your body to be comfortable. You will pay the price if the reward is greater than the price. So set your vision high. Get a higher vision, and it'll cause you to have tracks to run on, a boundary to run on, right? God told Abraham, lift up your eyes, look north, south, east, and west. All the land you can see, Sparky, I'll give it to you. Meaning if you can't see it, you can't have it. Well, I couldn't see myself owning that, achieving that, becoming that. Well, here's news for you. Don't worry. You won't. If you don't have a desire, if you can't see it, you can't have it. And I always keep asking you, what do you see? What do, you, what do our kids see? What do your children see? What do you want them to see you didn't see you see now? Get Big in your dream and in your vision. Don't live in a chicken coop. Don't live confined and controlled by culture, by race, by religion. Not Christianity, but religion. Okay? An, an Indian brave found an eagle egg. And since he couldn't find the nest it came from, he did the next best thing. And he put the eagle egg in the nest of prairie chicken eggs. So the eagle hatched. And became, you know, living with the prairie chickens. That happened to me. I was born again into a chicken coop. A, a church full of chickens. And so for years, the eagle clucked and scratched and pecked just like a chicken. And then one day, that little eaglet looked up and saw this incredible sight in the sky. It was a great bald eagle soaring overhead, and something in his heart jumped, and he says, what is that? And the chicken said, that's the eagle, the king of the birds, but forget it. That's not for you. You're a chicken. So he lived the rest of his life clucking and pecking and scratching and not flying. I wonder if that's true for some of you. Who clipped your wings? Were you born again into captivity? Because most were. See, folks, we are not chickens. We're not turkeys. The Bible compares believers to eagles that soar. Let me read Psalms 103. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Like, he forgives all my sins, he heals all my diseases, unless you're in chicken church. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle. Ah. Yeah, I'm living the dream, baby. I broke out of captivity, and I hope some of you do too. 
The story is told of a town where all the residents are ducks. And every Sunday, ducks waddle out of their house down Main Street to the duck church. And they waddle in and take their place. They squat in their proper pews. The duck minister comes in after the duck choir waddles in. So the duck minister comes forward and he opens the duck Bible and he reads to them, Ducks, God's given you wings. With wings you can fly, baby. With wings you can mount up and soar like eagles. No wall can confine you. No fence can contain you. You got wings. God has given you wings and you can fly like eagles. And all the duck members shouted, Amen. And then they all waddled home. Yeah, it happens every week. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25 through 29. God says, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, asked the Holy One. Look up in the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your trouble? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak. He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. One author writes, God is attracted to weakness. Let me pause a minute. You think back with me. David is chosen to be king, and he's the eighth child. Not the firstborn, not the second, not all the handsome and the blessed, but the one left out with the sheep, the eighth born. When God chooses, he chooses from the end of the line, not the front of the line. He has chosen the weak and the foolish and the contemptible. He chooses guys like Gideon. Gideon says, look, I'm the least guy in my family, and I'm in the least tribe in Israel. I don't even have a GED. I got nothing. I never went to school. I'm not real smart. And God said, I'm with you, almighty man of valor. See, God doesn't choose like we do. And that's why your limitation and your weakness is no excuse. The reason God chooses the weak and is attracted to your limitation is because when you actually do anything that portrays strength, God gets all the glory. You, if, you were, if you had it all, you'd take the glory. <clears throat> it ought to be that people look at it and they say, I don't know how they did that. I sure don't know how they did that. Well, that's a good sign because God can show his strength. His strength is made perfect in my weakness, your weakness. Well, Rick, I was born in a minority family. No, you were born again into Jesus, adopted son of God. No Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free, no, no, nothing. I mean, you are a, a new creation. You, you can step out of that with the favor of God. Promotion comes from the Lord, not my race not my political affiliation. God gives promotion. And he chooses hookers and prostitutes. He chose Rahab. He chose people nobody would choose. And if he promoted them and used them for his purpose, what's your problem? Well, I got a child and I'm not married. Well, big deal. Big deal. What you need is a vision. 
What you've got is a living with a bunch of chickens who says, well, God won't use you now. Look at what you did. Well, no. How about looking at what you could do? You give your life to him. He can do anything with the weakness. I just cannot stand being around this negative talk. Well, I don't like it because those billionaires don't pay taxes. Let me tell you something. I wish I was in the 90% bracket. I wish you were in the 90% bracket and would tithe because I would. And when I go to the IRS, I don't want to give them a dime. I want it legally. I want to keep every penny I can. Some of you live like chickens. Well, they, I ought to pay them. No, no, no. Put that on yourself. Well, Rick, I only make 2000 a month. Okay, well, I'm going to pray you'll pay more taxes. See, see how stupid that is? No, no, no. These billionaires employ hundreds of thousands of people, spend millions and millions of dollars in the economy. They're paying for house payments. They're paying for schools. They're paying for your car and transport. We are nuts. We don't think big. We think small, limited, minimum wage. Now, you may have to start there. You may start on welfare, but that's not the finish line, for God's sake. I hope you got a bigger vision than welfare. Oh, but you're going to have to work. One of our ladies uh, came to this church having worked three jobs at once to make it as a single mom with a child, but she made it. I tell you, we got people in here that could make you be ashamed when you walk out of how you feel about yourself. Some of you just been hanging out with turkeys too long. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Uh, you wait on the Lord? That's the promise. Who's God going to do that for? Those who wait on Him. Those who wait for God's timing. I see a couple of things here. I see the aspect of patience. And by the way, don't ever pray for patience. Why? Because St. Paul wrote, patience comes by tribulation. Are you mad? Don't pray for patience. <laughs> Secondly, I see here the aspect of waiting. Now, this, kind, this word waiting is not like sitting in a doctor's office on your bottom. It means to wait patiently. It carries the idea of serving like a waitress who waits on your table and says, how may I serve you? You see, waiting is serving until. In verse 31 of Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on eagle's wings. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Well, let's take a look at the old eagle and see if we can learn a few lessons we can apply. First of all, the eagle always gets off to a rough start. Even in the egg, the chick has to peck his way out. He pecks and pecks until he breaks through that egg. So, folks, sometimes on your journey, you're going to have to keep pecking until you finally break through. We quit too soon. We give up too easy. We don't have endurance and strength to go the extra mile. There is more ability in you to endure than you could imagine. The Navy SEALs figure 40%. When your body says, I want to quit, that's all I've got, it is trying to protect its reserve. And they found that there's 40% more in you when everything in your body says, quit, quit. And that'll happen to you, fulfilling a vision or a dream or achieving anything. And usually a lot of it comes from family and friends 
relatives, the people you hang out with, because they don't want you to get out of the chicken coop. Stay in here with the rest of us turkeys. You make us feel bad. You know, at birth, Mama Eagle's very caring, very maternal. She pampers the chicks with soft fur. She hovers over them. She keeps them warm and protected. She brings food on demand. And then one day she says, okay, babies, it's time to fly. And she takes the chicks up high on her back and knocks them off. And then nature has put into that little chick, you know, it's got wings, but it's never had to use them. And now it's pitiful, but it tries. And the little eaglet is like, my mama is a serial killer. Call Child Protective Services. Help! But as the chick flutters and does its wings, mama swoops down, catches him on her back, goes up higher and higher. Say, you ready? Here we go again. Knocks him off. And again, that little eaglet keeps using those wings. They get stronger. That ability gets better. And it's clumsy and it's awkward. But one day, that little young eaglet will soar. Now, the eagle gets off to a rough start. And maybe some of you have gotten off to a rough start. Maybe you feel like you're just falling. Maybe your business got off to a rough start. Maybe it feels like God's not there. Maybe it feels like he let you go on this one and you're falling and falling. Maybe it's relational and you're off to a rough start. So you need to know something. If you wait on the Lord, you'll mount up with wings as eagles. You will soar ultimately. In Job chapter 8, verse 7, he says, And though you started with little, you will end with much. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Everything starts small. We're holding a new little baby over here. And I thought, well, there was a day I was that small. Aren't you women glad they don't come out big? (laughs) Well, when God starts, he starts with a seed. And you're beginning, unless you've been fortunate to inherit or you've, someone has given you uh, a wealth or a platform, you've started small. Everybody does. You may be at a small, rough place today, but if you'll wait on the Lord, keep serving, be patient, wait on the Lord. The day comes when your latter end shall increase greatly, he said. It'll be better. Philippians 1, 6 said, I'm certain that God who began a good work in you will continue it until the day it is finally finished when Christ Jesus returns. See, has he begun a good work in you? Even though it may be small at the moment, and maybe you seem to be fluttering and falling, has he begun? You think about that. Well, you're here. Some of you never thought you'd ever darken the door of a church, but you're here. And it's pretty evident God has at least begun a good work in you. Well, I'm not so sure, Rick. I still struggle with some bad habits. Well, let me ask you something. You feel kind of bad about, well, yeah. Well, that's evidence of conviction that God is at work. You didn't feel anything. I'd say God wasn't at work. But because you do feel bad about it, that's a good thing. God is beginning something in you. So be confident of that, that God has begun a good work in you. Be confident that he will complete it. If he starts it, he's not like Americans. He will finish it. Yeah. It's not like a car commercial where the announcer says only $199 a month, and then real fast, with inaudible, he'll say, I don't know what the dude said. I don't know what he, I'm not confident. But when God makes a promise, it's clear. 
It's immutable, it's eternal, and it's never a lie. Second, I'm confident. Secondly, the wind that blows against the eagle carries him up higher. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul says, For our troubles presently are small. They won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we see right now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So here's what sets the eagle apart from every other bird. When the storm comes and the winds blow, all the other birds take shelter on the ground. They got to wait out the storm, but not the eagle. The eagle mounts up. The eagle takes those adverse winds, and instead of allowing it to ground him or distract him, he uses the adversity to push him up higher and higher and higher. And that's not just true of eagles. That's true for those who wait upon the Lord. Adversity will achieve for you something that you could not get when everything's smooth. It's like going to the gym. If you're going to build muscle, it's going to hurt. That's why you don't go back. Yeah. You don't. See, you, you're not going to grow muscle sitting on a couch with a double-A battery laying on a belt on you. No, you've got to be an American to believe that con. No, you've got, you got to go through some adversity. Folks, there are some things that we're only going to learn in the university of adversity. You know, there are things we're going to learn about ourselves that you're only going to learn when the wind's blowing in your face and you don't think you're going to make it. You don't know what you're made of until you're put in the furnace. You don't know. You say, well, I wouldn't. Well, I believe. Well, you don't know. And God will use it to reveal weakness or areas you need improvement in so you can be stronger. That's a good thing. There are things we're going to learn about other people only in adversity. See, those troubles, those hard times, that pain can produce something so wonderful on the inside of you that can't be produced any other way. Sorry, that's true. Can I just pause and say, after many years of living and going through good times and storms and going through life with different people, you know, I've learned what to worry about and what not to worry about. I just don't worry about a lot of stuff because if I can control it, I fix it. If I can't control it, I'll let God handle it. I really, I really chill on it. You can ask my wife. I am not going to be stressed about what I can't fix or change. And there's a lot in the country I can't fix or change. What I can fix, what I can change, whether it's in my home, my family, my life, my health, my finances, I'll fix that. What else can you do? Worry? Take medicine? Chill? Just gripe all the time? Listen to James chapter 1. You don't want to hear this one. Verse 2 and 4. Put your earplugs in. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it a great opportunity for great joy. (laughs) I don't see anybody smiling. For you know that when your faith gets tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be mature, complete, needing nothing. How do you build endurance? Well, if you're a runner, you got to start running. 
And maybe you can't run as far, but you keep running, and you add to it. And little by little, your lung capacity increases. Your muscles get stronger. And pretty soon, what you couldn't do on the first day, now, after weeks and weeks of training, you can endure longer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Things that set you back early don't bother you now. Well, what's happening? My endurance is growing through my adversity. I can lift up more weight now than the pink ones. <laughs> no, no, I can. They don't intimidate me. Why? I've I've built my endurance. See, even in faith, you're going to go through hard times financially occasionally. You're going to go through hard times relationally. You're going to go through hard times with your kids if you have more than one. You're going to go through some hard times in your marriage. You're going to go through some hard times in reaching a dream, a vision you have. Are you nuts? Of course you will. Well, guess what? The more you go through, the stronger you get. Or else you bail, you quit, you get bitter. So I want to become stronger. So that's I've been there, done that, and got a T-shirt. Doesn't bother me at all. Hang around those kind of people. You just got diagnosed with some disease. There are people in here that already have had it and recovered. Find out who they are and get close to them. What do you know I don't know? What do you know I need to know? So I can be encouraged. I don't want to hang around a bunch of hand-wringing people sucking on Maalox. Tell, oh, my God, you're going to die. I don't want to hear that. I want to find out from the people who went through it, who aren't intimidated by it, that I can win this battle. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, sometimes friends are miserable comforters. You got to find people that got some victory. I'm not going to get marriage information from people who've been married three times. I'm going to find somebody who stuck it out. You're going to get advice from, from some celebrity that doesn't have a stretch mark on how to raise kids? I want to find some mama has got look like 18-wheeler backed over her with stretch marks. I want to say, tell me what I'm in for. Tell me. So you, you, want, you want to be strong in character? And ready for anything. How does that happen when trouble comes my way? Ouch. I've got to go through that to get stronger. I've got to build my faith like you build muscles. God doesn't throw a giant on you. He starts with a bear and a lion, then a giant, then a nation. God's, God, God doesn't throw you in the ring out of your ability. God will put you in the ring that will challenge you, but cause you to be stronger, smarter, when trouble comes my way and I stand and I wait for the Lord, I wait on the Lord, no matter what happens, no matter how much the wind blows, I'm going to wait on Him, and when it's over, I'm going to be stronger than ever before. And I'll be ready. I might not have been, but I'm ready now for anything. See, when, whatever I might be going through, you may be going through, i got a choice. I can either let it make me bitter or make me better. And we've all seen bitter people. You can either get up or give up. It's your choice. We can either be eagles or we can be chickens or turkeys. I want to be better. I chose to be a better person for having gone through my storm. I want to be smarter. I want to be, uh, I want to be wiser. I want to be stronger because I went through something and God was faithful. I can say God is my provider when I've been down to nothing. I can say God is my healer when I've actually been through sickness. How can you say that when you've never been through it? 
You can't have any power of saying that unless you've been able to do it. If somebody faced the loss of a job and God has restored them, they could be a great source of encouragement to somebody. And you could be a great encouragement to them. Anything you've survived and gotten through with victory, use that pain you went through to help somebody else who now may be going through it. Encourage one another. Third thing about an eagle, he got supernatural superior vision. Eagles are renowned for their great eyesight. We even say eagle eyes. The eagle has two points of focus. You and I as humans only have one, but they've got two in each eye. Their field of vision is much wider than ours, and eagles have vision four times beyond 20-20 vision. An eagle from over a thousand feet can see a fish in a lake, swoop down and grab it. And because of that excellent vision, he can see a rodent move from one mile away. From a thousand feet, an eagle has a perfect view of three square miles. And anything that moves the size of a mouse, he's on it. And the higher he flies, the greater his vision and perception. What does that mean for me and you? Those who wait on the Lord, they wait for him. They wait on him, or they, even if they get off to a bad start, a rough start like the eaglet, if we'll allow the adversity to carry us higher, then we get close to God. We start to see things the way he sees them, and we get God's perspective. You know, perspective is how you see something. I can see something as refining me, or I can just see something against me. I'm a victim. Or I can see something that's going to make me smarter. I like, I won't do that again. Anybody ever had that one? Okay, you got, that's how you get wisdom. No, that was a bad mistake. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to make that choice again. I mean, King Saul saw the giant. He said he's too big to kill. David looks at the same giant and said, my God, he's too big to miss. Give me a rock. Perspective. Perspective. How I listen to people talk, and you can tell. Chicken farm, chicken farm, turkey farm, or eagle, you know, not soaring. And listen, that's not to blame anybody. I was raised by a bunch of turkeys too. They wouldn't let us have any authority. They wouldn't, we had to be a victim of Satan. Whatever will be, will be. I don't have any authority. Although Jesus says, I give you power and authority to tread on all the power of the enemy. I give you power and authority to bind and loose. I give you power to resist the enemy. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. What? Did you just throw that in the trash? Or, yeah, well, in the chicken church they do. They won't allow you to have any authority. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. I want my kids to know whether it's COVID or the black plague or an economic meltdown in America or the world. No fear is our mantra. Our God is our provider. He will be our shelter in the storm, our rear guard and the lifter of our head. Some of you, oh, Oh, I don't know if I want to wear a mask now. I don't know. Maybe I need to wear gloves. I don't, I'm not against you. What I'm trying to say is look at who you talk to. Bunch of fear mongers, peddling fear, chicken feed here, scratch, cluck for that. Now I'm talk, not talking about being ca- uh, cautious, of course, of course. But then you get crazy, which is toxic fear. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. What if the doctor says you've got four days to live? Well, I'm going to live every day those four days. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord, and I'm going to live every day as though it's my last day. So are you afraid to die? No. No. I'm afraid somebody will marry my wife, get my insurance, and live better than me. That bothers me. 
afraid to die. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, this is sort of an honest, see, this is an eagle pulpit up here. It's not a chicken farm. I ain't going to give any man my inheritance. I'm not going to be an organ donor either because I'm going to have every one of them wore out. By the time, by the time I get to the end of my road, the doctor going to say, forget it. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing we can donate out of this guy. He's run it right to the wall and burned out every bearing in his body. Yeah, I'm going to live full. I am not going to live confined. I'm not going to let my race confine me. I'm not going to let my male, female gender define me. I'm not going to let my family define me. And I didn't let mine. I hope you won't let yours. I hope somebody will scream into your face, get out of your comfort zone. Ask, ask. You say, well, I want this. I don't think I'm smart enough. Nobody that God calls thinks they're smart enough. And you can know it's the will of God when it's so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, God never asked you to do anything with easy in it. When did God ever ask anybody in the Bible to do any? Moses, go face Pharaoh. Tell him, let my people go. Oh, sure. <laughs> he never asked anybody to do anything easy. That's how you know it's God. God's not into easy or safe. God's into high risk, but God's a big God, so he's not afraid. And if he sent you, he'll go with you. He'll give you favor. Colossians 3, 2 in the Message Bible says, don't shuffle along eyes to the ground, absorb with things right in front of you. Look up, be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. Try to see things from his perspective. Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? What is it I haven't learned I need to learn? What do I need to stop? What do I need to improve on? Perspective. Perspective. Don't waste your trouble. A man came to a construction site. These brick masons are all working. He asked one of them, what are you doing? The guy said, can't you see I'm laying brick? The man asked another brick mason, same job, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a wall. He asked a third brick mason, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a cathedral. All of them doing exactly the same thing, but different perspective. Let me close with a true story. This was put in a book and in a movie called Alive. It's the story of a Ugurian rugby team whose plane crashed in the Andes Mountains in 1972. The movie portrays the struggle of those who survived the crash, trying to maintain hope and stay alive. Three of the survivors decide to leave the crash site to go and try to make it in through the mountains to get help. After days and days of trekking through the snow and ice terrain, they finally take a break. One of them rests just below a mountain peak. Canessa, one of the players, makes his way to the top where Nando is surveying the scene. Canessa looks around at the beautiful mountaintops, and he sees only despair. Nothing but mountains, he said. We're finished. And he collapses in complete, you know, resignation. But Nando responds, no, we're not. We're not finished. Somewhere in these mountains is a green valley. See the mountains over there, Canessa? There's no snow on them. But Canessa says, yeah, those mountains must be 50 miles away. Do you think we can walk 50 miles? Yes, and they did, and they got help to save the rest of the team. See, God has called and equipped all of us with necessary gifts, talents, and abilities to see, to endure, and succeed. Our problem is with our focus. Too long we focused on what we're not, what we can't see what we can't do, rather than focusing on what He has done and wants us to be, to see, and to do. If God has done only what He can do to get us here, 
why won't we do what he's instructed us to do to get us to the place he's prepared for us? See, the great race car driver Mario Andretti gave some pretty good advice on winning a race. And he said, I quote, one must not focus on what he's trying to avoid. And that's a big part of our problem, focusing on the wall, focusing on the other cars, focusing on stuff around us instead of of what's around the corner, where we're going. We see the obstacles, but we are not patiently waiting and getting daily instructions from the one who sees the whole racetrack. Whatever you focus on will pull you into it. Yeah, like headlights on a car at night. Did anybody but me ever get taught driving? Rick, at night, as a new driver, don't stare into the headlights of an oncoming car or it'll pull you into it. What do you see? Limitations? Opportunity? Well, you're in a new kingdom now. It ain't a Democrat or Republican kingdom. It's not an assembly of God, Catholic method. It's the kingdom of God Almighty. And whatever he says I am, whatever he says I can do, whatever he has put in front of me to achieve, I can't. It's not cheap. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But it is possible. I just have to be willing to go the distance and pay the price. And Mario's second piece of advice is don't over-control the car. Rest. Relax. Do what you can do. Leave the rest to God. You got a wild kid somewhere. You did all you can do in the natural. But beyond that, I can't control their life. Once they're grown, I can't control their life. I'm, I, I'm not going to go see a therapist because of my kid. I'm going to send my kid to a therapist. I'm not going to let them take me down. I'm not going to let an ex-spouse take me down, put me in psychotherapy or whatever. Heck no. Get yourself buff or drop a few pounds and get yourself a new man, a new woman, and let them eat their heart out with jealousy saying, look what you missed. And y'all get a second chance to get it right. Yeah. I mean, it's perspective. I'm not going to roll up and die. <laughs> if God can open blind eyes, God can close them. God can make somebody think you are a walking attraction. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I'm saying, if you've been hanging around chickens too long, you forget God made you a beautiful woman. Well, uh, uh, well, Esther made herself attractive and saved the nation. You think you can go to church and look ugly and be bait for some shark? I don't think so. I, I, I just be real careful. Being a Christian's got nothing to do with using your charm and your beauty and your elegance as an attraction. God made you that way. Okay, you didn't get this in Sunday school, I, I'm, I'm sure. The, the, the church I came out of, you know, women can't wear makeup, they can't wear pants, they can be ugly, they can't wear jewelry, they can't, they can't, they can't, they can't. Chicken church Christian fellowship. Yep, yep. No, what God does is, says, let me tell you what you can do. Let me tell you what you can be. Let me tell you what's possible. And you're going to defy all the naysayers. Because when I choose you, nobody will figure it out. Nobody. Because I'll use people that never had a chance. I will use people in the back of the line. I will bless you and use you. Don't over-control your life. Do what you can with what you have. Beyond that, you're in God's hand. Stop focusing on what you've lost and start to see what you have to gain. 
We focus on past failure. Paul says this one thing I do, forgetting everything behind me, reaching forward. Right? Secondly, many people focus on present obstacles. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But we've got to focus on the one who's called us and given us the faith to fulfill our destiny and finish our race. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com.